NPC's weekly news roundup for February 8th, 2020. My name is Travis, and of course, I'm joined Hi. as always by Preston. Ah, shit, I was off on that. Son of a bitch. Kyle. Quick. Hello. Hi, and Dan. You say it this time. I got it. Hi. Damn it. <laughs> well, see, I'm, I'm waiting longer to say hi to counteract you're saying it too early. I said it three times, though. <laughs> Hola. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That was Spanish to counteract what I did. <laughs> Is that the opposite of saying something three times? I don't know. I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah. You well, let's kick it off with the uh, week's news. Uh, first thing we're going into here, and uh, if you catch it in our Monday episode talking about Warcraft 3 with Kyle, uh, Warcraft 3 Reforged launched was a hard week, Blizzard president says. Jay Allen Rack acknowledged that this hasn't gone well, but said that Blizzard isn't giving up. The launch of Warcraft 3 Reforged in January was, and continues to be, a surprisingly ugly affair. It's one of the most beloved RTS games of all time, yet the release of its long-awaited remastered edition has inspired widespread outrage over everything from cut content to an EULA that lays exclusive claim to any and all mods and other content you may create for this game. The situation is bad enough that Blizzard is now forging its, foregoing its usual refund policy limits and offering refunds upon request to any Warcraft 3 reforged owner who wants one. So this article came from PC Gamer, and yeah, kind of like we talked about in Monday's episode, you, you, how do you really feel about it? I mean, overall, you just think it's, you I think some of it's just a pain in the ass. It, it is, it is, and it, really and truly, it comes down to is... There's a lot of people that had the game originally. They could have just done it as an upgrade patch that you could have paid for and continued providing service to the original game players. Instead, they cut off service to those players and made everyone buy the Reforged. I had it pre-ordered. I felt a little burned. I haven't, like I said in Monday's uh, episode, I, I haven't encountered nearly the issues as a lot of people, but I haven't played as much... Uh, online multiplayer as other people but loading screens and uh the the drop game just just mid campaign mission i i have had issues with what gets me is they didn't run into this with the starcraft one remaster right and they the starcraft one remaster they did almost the exact same thing and it, it just went fine but yeah no not with this one kind of hard to believe they fucked this up as bad as they have. Yeah, this is... This is not Blizzard. Well, look at how Blizzard's now been no, for not. the last year and a half now, with the announcement of Diablo Immortal, and all of the fire they got from that, and then going in through last year, especially late last year, with the Hong Kong stuff, and they've just been kind of on a... Not, I don't want to call it a downward spiral necessarily, but they've had themselves a really bad year and a half. I don't even think it's like been a bad six months. I think it's been a bad year and a half. Well, maybe I can't tell because Bethesda is just taking all my attention, so I can't pay attention to other companies fucking up, I guess. This is definitely a close second, but they're... No, EA, man, EA. They're pushing their way up. They're like, no, we we want to... We'll compete with EA, yeah. but Bethesda's like, no, seriously. Like, slow your roll. <laughs> and just, I don't know. It just felt like this whole remaster was 
half-assed. And just they're make, paying for it now. Yeah, it just really to, was. Just to make sure I understand on this one, though, is that if you owned the Warcraft 3 and Frozen Throne expansion, if you owned those in one of those classic Battle.net accounts and you bought this, it essentially overwrites that purchase, right? Like, you can't go back and play your original copy of it. Uh, yeah, as far as I know. You, you basically have to, to pirate it and play it as if it was like a a computer game that was disconnected from the internet completely. I think you might be able to play multiplayer peer to peer, but yeah, you can't go out to any global lobbies to find no, anything. No, not at all. That's a shame. That is just horrible. Yeah, and and even before any of the refund stuff started, uh, I was paying attention to the forums um, that, that Blizzard had going, and there were a lot of people that were saying, "Well, thanks, Blizzard. I'm just going to go pirate a copy now, and I'll play the original." Well, that's and then why they were all getting banned. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why this year is going to be kind of a year for redemption, or a year of redemption for Blizzard. I think if it's true that Overwatch Two is going to drop this year, that Diablo Four might be next year. You know, they've got a lot to really work on to kind of build up a lot of this trust in their games because it seems like the quality's starting to kind of dwindle away. Yeah, they can fix it. It's unfortunate. Yeah, hop on a plane, get over to Irvine, California, and just go start busting some heads, please. I'm... I'm not sure, honestly, because I don't think it's Blizzard's fault. I think it's an Activision thing. That would not shock me either. I mean, and that's why all mm. this, the seniors at Blizzard left. That's why Jay Allen Bragg is the president now. He was just a programmer like a couple years ago. Like mm. they're just throwing people in these. They had the big roles. Yeah, they had yeah. the big round of layoffs. The fact that none of the Blizzard games were following like some sort of epic. Well. Okay, Overwatch being an example didn't have really an episodic series to it that they weren't releasing a an Overwatch one, an Overwatch two, and Overwatch three, and so on like year after year. I mean that's why um, Bungie divested Destiny away from Activision is because Activision forced them to release a Destiny two. It was supposed to just all be one continuity of a game itself, just Destiny and then patches and expansions. But that's why they picked up. So I, I think you're probably right. Is that Activision's just it, just the proverbial washcloth being wrung dry to just get whatever out they can. So it's a shame. But let's see how the rest of the year goes. Uh, best of luck to you guys there at Blizzard. So we move well, on. I'm gonna keep my copy, so I, at least I'll be able to see what kind of. Best of luck to you. Yeah, yeah let, kind us, of let us happen. So let us know what happens because if that two gig update did come out today, um, get that installed and see if anything's changed. Just if they've actually gone in and made any of the fixes that people were hoping they did. Yeah. So at least even just well, a couple. Even, of them. Even if they can fix the issues with the loading screens glitching out and stuff, that that would be a tremendous help because it is an annoyance. Agreed. Agreed. And we carry on to our next story. Uh, this story, I've actually never seen this website before. It comes to us from Thurot. Thurot. Uh, what's the Xbox Series X mystery port? It's for expandable storage. All right, that's it. Let's move on. Okay, great story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as the story goes on, as we move towards the next generation of consoles, one item is presenting challenges for Microsoft <laughs> and likely Sony, too, is that games are getting bigger. If you look at titles like the most recent Call of Duty, they can easily surpass 100 gigabytes in size. Uh, going down a couple different paragraphs here. 
a few weeks back, we got our first look at the backside of the Xbox Series X. At that time, I believe the long rectangular port between the HDMI and digital audio port was for diagnostics, and I was incorrect, I being the author of this article. That port is for storage expansion, according to people familiar with the company's plans, and offers the Series X a workaround as games continue to expand in size. So, what you guys, I, I assume you guys have the article open, you can see the port there itself. Um, I was actually in line for it to be a diagnostic port that we would see covered up or non-existent in the production models. Um, if it is what they think it is, they're saying that the storage type itself, like just based on the measurements of the other ports and looking at the size of it, is that it's a format known as Compact Flash Express. Yes. And so they look like SD cards, or if you cut a old compact flash memory card in half. Uh, that would be kind of cool if that's the way they decide to go for expansion of storage other than expand, like uh, external hard drives. Yeah, and it, th- apparently they're supposed to be extremely mm-hmm. fast as far as removable storage, but right. the same effect, you're talking like 600, or f- what is it, like 512 gigs is 600 bucks. Yeah, that's, that's what really surprises me is that the cost of the console... In just one expansion. But I, I do have this to add. I read another article, and I was going to link it into this article, because um, I was the one that put this one up, that uh, there was another guy that works um, as a hardware uh, produ- producer, and specifically in in the memory uh, industry, you know, creating hard drives and whatnot. And he said by the end of the, this year, we should be seeing terabyte drives that are only about $15. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, one of the guys I work with bought a two terabyte, um, two and a half inch SSD for like ninety dollars. Yeah. And so yeah, the the actual price is probably going to go down. But yeah, if it's this compact flash express format, then I can't imagine them being that cost effective for people to go to expand their memory unless they come out with like Xbox branded ones or something that's maybe a little bit lower speed than what's available out on the market um, for general purpose. Well, and my thought was um, maybe since the the storage is actually getting less expensive, maybe they can use that that port access uh, for this, this cheaper storage that's coming out. So, What I would much rather see instead with this, to be able to save on cost but still keep it as an SSD, is an M.2 drive. Because it looks like it's about the same width I'd have to go back and look at the measurements, but just based on the pictures, it looks like it's about the same width and that you could take one and just slot it in uh, because based on the measurements that people have been able to deduce of the Xbox Series X, it looks like you should be able to slot in an M.2 drive into there and then that would have equal speeds probably to the SSD that's already in there, but that it won't be as cost prohibitive as a Compact Flash Express because you can buy an M.2 drive with 500 gigs of storage for 100 bucks. I mean, if you can expand out your storage that much, that's, you know, for that cost, that that's not going to be the biggest hindrance. Whereas I'm sure the PlayStation 5 will probably follow suit like it did with the 4 and the 3, that the drives are replaceable, like user replaceable. Right, right. You know. Preston, what's wrong? A lot of back and forth. Just, Just watching. Okay. Sounds good. You guys said a lot of words I don't know anything about. <laughs> well, I think a lot of what it comes down to, too, is with the new console generation, you're going to be seeing games that are going to be just massive, massive installs. Not even going to be, like, not even just expecting it, or not even 
thinking that they're going to be there are. I mean, Call of Duty right. is a big one for sure. Red Dead Redemption was about 120 gigs. Right. Uh, it's if going you bought to get the bigger, disc bigger. version, it was two discs. Yeah, that's the thing is it's going to as as the yearn for better graphics, better audio, more depth into some of these stories, they're going to have to be stored on larger format. Right. So, And just putting it all on a disc is not going to be enough to actually make it look that good. You're going to have to offload most, if not all of it, to a uh, some type of flash storage, like a, a hard drive or a solid-state drive, excuse me. Proving once again we're just bridging the gap to computers little by little. Yep, yep. We'll have to see how the how the console generation stuff goes. Um, so that's that story. And again, we carry on. This story comes to us from Game Ranks. Head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, believes Google and Amazon are the main competitors going forward. The gaming community loves to pit the big three gaming companies against each other. However, head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, has detailed in a new interview that he thinks Sony and Nintendo are not the company's competitors. Spencer details that going forward, Amazon and Google will be the company's biggest competitors, and that not that's not to disrespect either Sony and Nintendo. However, he notes that Google and Amazon have been investing tens of billions of dollars into streaming games that can reach up to seven billion users. I okay, Phil Spencer's already, been huffing ether. Well, I don't necessarily think he's yeah. He's, I think yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Like, I, I, I like, don't think I like, he's necessarily. Ah, that's why you're losing because you yeah. don't think. I don't think he's Sony's necessarily wrong. I don't think he's necessarily wrong, but I don't think they're there yet. Amazon does not have any sort of game platform or anything that they're actually selling to people. There's been rumors about them coming up with their own streaming service for that, whether it's a part of Twitch or some spinoff. And then, hello, Google Stadia? I mean, where's that at right now? Yeah, the, the they've petered off on updates, and... It, it, yeah, and is this going to be Google's next project that they just gave up on? Exactly. Like they said that the the next tier of actual like subscription based stuff, the free side of things, isn't going to be coming out and like for another few months. And it's like just slowly but surely they're adding on new things, but it's not even a fully fleshed out product, and it probably won't be till the end of the year. Yeah. So all those customers that. are waiting in limbo, and then the free service or the the free service is ending. So then they're going to have to start doing the paid service and then the games hit i don't know i see it as a pivot i think they're actually just not i think they're not going to try and compete with sony i think they're going to try and compete with google and then they're going to try and do more of a streaming service and let sony just have its console i think that's actually what they're going for instead is this microsoft relying on i don't know pc gaming becoming a crutch like you know, like, oh yeah, we've got the Xbox. The PC's here, but we've we've got the Xbox too, and it, we can do all this streaming stuff. I think that's what I think it is. Well, yeah. I, I honestly feel like maybe Phil just kind of misspoke a little bit and was like, it's not. He's replacing Sony with like Amazon and Google, but I think more realistically, there's just going to be an expansion of competition, and that now we have our console side where we're still going to deal with Sony and Nintendo, but now we're also going to step into the streaming side of things. Where Amazon and Google that, that's are a little more prevalent. Yeah, so. I think that's, that's more that's of an expansion of type of competition. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's what I meant. Like he's pivoting yeah. towards yeah. that. They're not sticking with console necessarily because that would just be dumb if he didn't think Sony where, was the right. Where the competition's going to be <clears throat> at then for Microsoft on that one, and even Sony is like whatever their streaming offering is with Xbox game streaming, PlayStation Now, 
and then if Nintendo comes out with something in the future too, that that's where it's going to be at. Otherwise, I don't see Google or Amazon attempting to replicate the home console, like actually create some sort of in-house thing because it'll come out probably looking like the the Oya. Oh God, that's my concern. That's my biggest concern is that that's probably what it'll be, or because Amazon already sells the Fire Box, which is literally a cube, and that's used for you know doing the. Uh, Amazon TV stuff for Prime Video, Prime Music, all that. I, I, I could see them trying to do some sort of like Apple Arcade thing, but not some AAA title over the top thing at this point in time. I don't see them trying to do anything like that. Yeah, because how hard is it to tear away customers from the established consoles already? I mean, yeah. it was it was because so Amazon's not going to do that. They're- Microsoft was fortunate that they were able to even do it when they released the first Xbox, and they've been successful at least being able to get it and interrupt it. I mean, we don't even have, like, Sega was one of the big ones. They don't do consoles anymore and haven't for some time. All you see coming out from anybody that you could consider having made consoles are just doing these little retro, hey, we did exist consoles, but nothing substantial that's going to play the way the big three have. And so I don't think Google's going to be as successful, I think whatever Amazon does is probably going to fall in line to be more of a competitor, competitor, excuse me, to Apple with Apple Arcade. And I think that's as far as it's going to get for right now. Maybe I'll eat my words in a year and Amazon will come out with something and we'll have a controller of some kind or whatever. I'm with Dan. I think he's just scared of how much money Google and Amazon can throw at it if they really want to. Yeah. Most yeah, likely. That would, that, that, that would be what I would think is he's just scared of what they could be doing. And I I think what they're doing goes against or goes along with what Microsoft's future plans are. But I don't know. Okay. Moving on to our next story. This one comes to us from Engadget. Gears of War boss Rod Ferguson leaves to take over Diablo. After 15 years of Gears, he'll join Blizzard starting in March. After 15 years, of work, 15 years of working on Gears of War games, the Coalition studio head Rod Ferguson announced he's leaving the Microsoft franchise to join Blizzard Entertainment. Starting in March, he'll oversee the Diablo franchise. A little bit of history about Ferguson here is that he was part of every Gears game release so far, dating back to his role as a producer on the original. Um, and he's been in charge ever since Microsoft acquired the franchise and started up the Coalition in 2014. So that's... Interesting, though, that he's going to Blizzard, especially with how much they've shown off of Diablo 4 thus far. I mean, unless Diablo Immortal was even, I mean, we already know it's a shit show, but maybe he's going to be involved with even more of that and maybe try to see this to fruition. But, <coughs> like, what what I'm curious about, and especially with all the turmoil that Blizzard's been through in the last six months, is why Why are they making this change that they're bringing in Rod? If anything, that just makes me super nervous. Because what they, Dan was talking about earlier, they have such inexperienced people leading the ship, like with Warcraft. Yeah, people. like... Could this that, be that the just sh- shows me like a weakness in Blizzard. They're like, not as they're far not as like they're, what they have. Yeah, they're higher-ups. Because like, I imagine... This is just an assumption on my part, but I would, would assume that Rod is coming in for Diablo 4 and not Diablo Immortal. Yeah, it's just a Diablo franchise, so I I can only imagine it's got to be four. Um, it's got to be 4 and Immortal that he's got to have some type of say in it if he's going to be overseeing the entire franchise. 
maybe maybe part of it came down from Warcraft 3 Reforged in one way or another that maybe they're going to be doing... They haven't done remasters of Diablo 1 or 2 yet, have they? No. No. Maybe that's the next thing. I hate to say it, maybe that's the next thing. But it, and it still doesn't strike me as why Rod would join. I, I, I think that's more for 4, but the reason that worries me is because they just have a... They just brought in a new team for four. Maybe that's why. Even like a year and a half ago, they were just getting like the lead designer, the game designer, and the artist, like Luis Barriga, I think, and then Joe. I don't remember his last name, but like these guys came in to take over Diablo, and now already we're seeing this article. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like Mm -hmm. that just makes me nervous. Maybe 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 Blizzard's just trending downwards lately. Yeah. I'm just wondering if maybe they kind of had a realization and are following suit with the way Ubisoft went. Um, we talked about this a few podcasts ago where they added in more people to their editorial team so they didn't have a repeat of just rehashing games over and over again like they did with uh, going from Ghost Recon Wildlands to Break um, Breakpoint. Um, so maybe they're kind of doing the same thing just as protection for themselves to make sure they can deliver a better experience and maybe Rod will do a good job. I mean... Nothing wrong with what the Gears series has been. Well, if you're talking about just rehashing the same shit over, though, fuck Gears does that just as bad as Assassin's Creed. That's very, you know, that's true. That's very true, too. That's not the first person I would choose. I don't know. I I don't know. Let's just see what he actually does with it. Maybe it it will be for the better. Maybe they saw something in their actual development team that just wasn't working out right, and they figured this was the best way. Instead of hiring from within, they... They saw some talent in Rod and just decided to bring him in, but I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. But I'm not gonna hold my breath on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll keep an eye on that. Of course, as we're all Blizzard fans here, we'll see how things go with Diablo Four and see what yeah. other announcements come out of this. Can we move on to the next story? <laughs> this one, this one's an interesting one, especially in what's going on in the world right now. Uh, this one comes to us from Polygon. The Outer Worlds delayed on Nintendo Switch due to coronavirus impact. And it's just this was just an interesting one I thought that we could talk a little bit about. Uh, Chinese developer Virtuous, who was in charge of the port, is closed for the time being. Uh, Outer Wilds publisher Private Division announced on Twitter Thursday that its Nintendo Switch port will be delayed indefinitely. The port is in development through Chinese team Virtuous Games, which has been closed following the coronavirus outbreak in China. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I get it. it. It's all business stuff anyway to be able to protect the employees so you're not getting anybody infected. But um, we've had this announced so far as one of the things that's being delayed. Uh, manufacturing of Switches has also been delayed now, too. Um, so I don't know if we're going to see necessarily, like, I mean, this is just a, a, a port itself, and Outer Worlds has already been you know, selling anyway on the other consoles and on PC. But the actual hardware side of things is kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit in relation with this and the fact that, you know, demand is going to probably drive up the price a little bit if they stay shut down for too long. Because what's a Switch run? 300 bucks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they announced that the Animal Crossing Special Edition Switch is impacted by this too. That its manufacturer is is impacted by the virus because a lot of things are manufactured out of China. 
that we may not actually see many, if at all, here in the States until everything gets cleared up and production can resume. So, I don't know what there is to say. It's more like an alert. Yeah, it is. It's just yeah. a, it, it is just an overall heads up. Yeah, like, hey, your shit might not get here on time. Sorry. Yeah, it's like you, you get all the jokes out of people who are it's like, oh, we're gamers. We won't be impacted by this. We're already antisocial, so we stay locked inside and just play our games. It's like, well, now your games are getting, and your hardware and how getting uh, delayed or postponed indefinitely, so I guess you're going to have to go back and... Who are these people you're talking to? Just memes I see on Reddit. The video That's game them. introverts. I've read it. <laughs> yes. What a weird group. The, the four, well, the four you know, people like, who listen to us. <laughs> like, as far as I'm concerned. Should we be part of that group? You don't want to be part of that group. No, you don't. <laughs> Stay Kyle far away. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me stories off air. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking funny. All right, let's move on to our next story here. Uh, this one comes to us from VG247. This one was actually published today, which is... I, I just this was a shock to actually see. Nintendo wanted Sora for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, but Disney said no. No. So this is a rumor that came out is that yeah, rumor has it Nintendo wanted to add Sora as a character in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, but the request was denied by Disney Japan. The rumor comes from Kind of Funny Games, which said Nintendo approached Disney about adding Sora from Kingdom Hearts to Ultimate, but it was Disney Japan that specifically nixed the idea. Uh, this is actually kind of surprising because he's not—he's not really Disney. He—he's more Square Enix than he is Disney. But does but like, Disney owns the majority of the rights, I think, to the Kingdom Hearts franchise, no, but like, right? No, what I mean by that is like Disney's very protective of their Disney characters. They there's right, no way like, we'd see Mickey Mouse. In yeah, here. exactly. Yeah, like he's not going to be in there. They're not going to let that. But Sora's not really a Disney guy, so it's surprising that they wouldn't let him in there. I don't know. But well, it's not part- like it matters. You just hit X all the time and only do one combo the whole fucking time. Yeah, right. <laughs> As- Down B and you win. <laughs> so it just keep pushing. It, it wasn't here in the article. Uh, it wasn't here in the article, but it was something I was reading separately today that uh, Sakurai was actually not happy that they added Byleth as a character, that there's so many... It's not that he wasn't Fire happy, Emblem. but it's just that there are too many Fire Emblem that's, and, yeah, it just, and he did, sword characters. Yeah, and yeah. that's... Yes, thank you. Thank you for the correction on that. Yeah, um, that they just... They didn't have variety, but apparently it's just... It's what Nintendo wants. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll make it. We'll get it done. No problem. Here you go. Here's another character. But if the rumors still stick, though, that we're going to get uh, Crash Bandicoot as another character... Uh, I don't remember who else they've said though, but um, so we're just another sword wielder too. Like he's, exactly, yeah. And he I is. think that's another reason why we're not gonna see it. Well, he does a lot of magic and shit too. I don't know. I don't know if that impacts it anymore. He'll be in a future pack. Just wait with like four other Fire Emblem characters. <laughs> <laughs> the sword pack. All right. Yeah, the sword pack. <laughs> hmm. All right. On to our last story here, and this this is to kind of round out. It's kind of a feel good story here. Uh, this one comes to us from Engadget. Adapter turns power wheelchairs into Xbox controllers. You only need an Xbox adaptive controller and some simple circuitry. The Xbox adaptive controller already makes gaming more accessible if you're in a wheelchair, but wouldn't it be better if you could use the wheelchair itself as a controller? You can now. Able Gamers Charity has unveiled a Freedom Wing adapter that lets you use the joystick on a power wheelchair as an Xbox One controller. The design revolves around the combination of an adapter board and an Adafruit Feather M4 that translates the input from the joystick into commands the adaptive controller can understand. And I, I gotta say, I think that's 
I think that's just an interesting thing to to mod in with the adaptive controller platform that as it was built for folks who have problems playing games like you know being disabled or anything that they can now still enjoy it and this is just another way to bridge it especially with those who have paralysis issues but still want to is this like a Stephen Hawking wheelchair or is this like just a regular wheelchair I don't I don't know Hmm. I have no answer that VR be cool with a wheelchair (laughs) you think so yeah play wheelchair the game (laughs) (laughs) no I want to play that surgeon game in a wheelchair <laughs> Jesus. Actually, instead, Rocket League VR, but you have to be in a wheelchair yeah, to actually like, play. Yeah, like that. It's like that sense of speed. <laughs> but this is this is cool that they actually made in this. Their face too, like oh my god, I'm going so fast. <laughs> I, I think it's I think this is neat. Like I've seen one of these adaptive controllers in person. Um, they're probably about the size of my. You have a wheelchair keyboard here. The adaptive controller, not the wheelchair <laughs> attachment. I stopped into the Microsoft store down in Denver at the uh, uh, Flatirons Mall or whatever that mall is there. Park Meadows, excuse me. Yeah, the Park Meadows. And they had the adaptive controller out and were showing all the different things there. Um, that mall's abandoned. It's That's what they call that mall. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I I think this is just a neat thing that they that Microsoft came out with this and that someone went in, added a separate board, and then all the little tweaks to just include that so a good feel good story at the end of this oh no you got one more that i didn't put on there because your stupid google doc didn't work yeah fucking google docs all right yeah, you got dan, it, hauser. dan hauser was leaving rockstar that is sad that's a big fucking deal man that is a big deal he writes them stories he's yeah, been there he's since like the lead creative yeah design he's that's been there a since big day fucking one. deal because i like rockstar stories they're always really good well for the most part except for i wonder if the quality will suffer noticeably in the next whatever it is that they come out with. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like it's a, it's almost going to kind of make me examine this upcoming game, like with the finer what lens. Is Dan Hazard in there? You're right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like it's possible he could have still lended quite a bit to making this next one anyway. So you may not be able to pick it out until two games down the line or expansion or anything like that too. Kind of curious to see what he does too. Like if he goes to someone else or if he actually starts his own shit. We'll have a news story next week. He'll be at Blizzard. He'll be part of the Diablo uh, yeah, franchise. Yeah, so I'm wondering. I was like, is someone <laughs> buying him out? Because fuck, he's. I would imagine he would be a, a pretty high commodity. He'd be a good asset to yeah, have. Yeah, to get. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna for work any, on Death Stranding too for yeah. you, Preston. <sighs> hey, you know what? It wouldn't be any worse. <laughs> have you beaten it yet, Preston? Not talking about that <laughs> fucking game anymore. <laughs> no, I haven't played it since. Yeah. I've heard the last two hours is just phenomenal. Oh wow, that's great! Forty-hour yeah. game in the last. <laughs> yeah, two you hours do have to last play the the first thirty-eight hours. The game doesn't really pick Can up. Can you imagine the last like eating hours? a hamburger, and then like the very last bite, like oh that was a pretty good burger, but <laughs> the rest of it just tasted like ass. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> no thanks. Yeah. No yeah. thanks. <laughs> are you gonna make me seriously finish Death Stranding so that I can fucking tell you how bad it is in real life? I will. I'm gonna play it. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. Don't even care. I'll, have it done care. By next, I'll finish it by next week. And what if you're blown away by the ending? I I will blow each of you if I'm blown away by that ending. <laughs> oh, wow. That's what I'm gonna put my man. I don't know. I almost lost one of these bets once. And it's, you did. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's the most terrifying thing in the world when you almost lose that. <laughs> and with that awkward thing said, <laughs> yeah, thanks think, for tuning uh, into our uh, we'll be here next weekly. Week. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for tuning into our weekly news roundup. You can catch us on YouTube now. We got two new videos up with several more coming this week. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Look for the NPCs podcast there. You can find us on Facebook uh, and Twitter, facebook.com slash the NPCs podcast, Twitter handle the NPCs podcast. We're also on Anchor. That's where you can find the majority of our podcast history. But of course, from there, it distributes out to Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. That link is anchor.fm slash the dash NPCs dash podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will catch you in the next episode. Goodbye. Bye. Adios. Oh, I was faster than you. Sorry. <laughs>